Hello, hello, and welcome to A Cup of Tea with Katie. I am your host, Katie Skuroditis, and this is my podcast where we will focus on amazing women in business with an emphasis on mindset. We will have weekly interviewees where we will chat and just share the true story, the journey of our road into entrepreneurship, all the ups and downs and where we're going and our plans our vision, what success means to us and how we overcome any bumps in the road and this is our journey and we're sharing our story. So enjoy you wonderful people. On today's episode, episode two of A Cup of Tea with KT, today we are lucky enough to sit down and enjoy a conversation with Nikki Bullock, the co-founder of Culture Co. and The Co., which is a Chilliwack-based company, Chilliwack in BC, Canada. And uh, Nikki is kind enough to share her journey from the beginning where she started her career and what got her to where she is today and the journey itself and the highs and lows. And it's very interesting and I really really hope you enjoy this discussion today. Here we go. Hello. Hello. This is Nikki, the co-founder of Culture Co. Nicole. Hello, everyone. Happy like, Wednesday. Yeah, I was thinking, what day is it today? Yeah, I'm <laughs> sort of lost still in that summer bubble. Uh, me too, me too. Well, thank you for joining me on a cup of tea with Katie. You have coffee, I have water, so not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. But I was just giving you a bit of a blurb about kind of why I'm doing this and I'm going to be interviewing women in business because I'm fascinated by people's true stories. So I want to put your hand on your heart and swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Swear to tell the whole truth (laughs) and nothing but the truth. So no sugarcoating stuff. We want to know the real grit about kind of what it takes to be a woman in business and all the things as women that we have to deal with and with our families and everything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your position and where we are and what you do? So, as it stands right now, I am half of uh, a very fun business called Culture Co. And so, what we do is all things to do with culture, people, and brand. And so, what culture is, is really uh, the essence of your business. It is your values. It is what you stand for. It is understanding the impact that you want to make in the world and taking all of that, flowing it through your team, if you have one, um, and then projecting that to build your brand mm-hmm. so that all of it is a really cohesive, aligned reflection of who you are. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we've been in business now for three and a half years. So, And that's you and Coralie. And Coralie Grimm. Two yeah. of you, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. And we have two staff members now as well. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And where are we now? I will show this at the end of, for the video, but where are we now? So this space is called The Co. So it is located downtown Chilliwack and uh, is a creative co-working studio. So we have um, a couple of offices that are rentable. We have um, a photo studio that creatives can come in and utilize whether it's for brand shoots or if it's a photographer who um, you know is is bringing a client in we also have rentable workshop space for other small creatives who or or really anybody who needs to have workshop space so we in essence created it because we needed this when we first started so it um, being you know a home entrepreneur for so long we struggled to find space that 
was a reflection of who we were and wasn't just a boardroom. So as in you needed space, not just for your office, but space to do workshops and stuff. Correct. Ah, Yes. Space to uh, bring people into, bring our clients into, also to shoot. So because we do a lot of brand shoots for our clients, uh, we often couldn't find space to be able to execute those shoots. So uh, we decided to, during the pandemic, to just go for it. And... Uh, this space was created. And if you guys have a look around, it is uh, definitely a very, very fun, creative, engaging environment. No thanks to me. That was all <laughs> Corley's uh, zone of genius. So And a zone of genius, 1,000%. Yeah. This yeah. space is incredible. I will show in the video in the end, and I'll also do a separate video, which I'll put on Instagram, um, and I'll give the details at the end. But, like, it's incredible. I can't even tell you how amazed I was when I first... So we're above... Uh, some stores right yes the correct. top floor yeah top floor like upper level we get to overlook downtown which is really um amazing and we also didn't have to deal with being a storefront mm-hmm. which um was something that was was really exciting to us as well so. so what did this space look like before you came in uh it sort of had a hue of smokers yellow um oh. the floors <laughs> It was very outdated and the floors were just like a really um, dark laminate and there was multiple offices, smaller offices. So we blew some walls out, put changed doors, you know, painted everything obviously and added a lot of personal touches. So let's just talk about the paint. So if I'm just looking around, I can see a mixture of paint. I love the way that the base is like white, even the Mm -hmm. floor. But then the colors, like you've got this green on this wall, but every room is different. I'm looking now, I can see like this cobalt blue and then there's palm leaves and there's pink and there's pineapples and plants and... It's very true. So our our goal, even when we are working with clients, um, so it is the same process for us, is that we really looked to our own brand and said, how can we create a physical space that is a reflection of who we are? As a company. So because we didn't have a brick and mortar uh, when we started Culture Co., it was all online. So uh, our website, our Instagram feed, um, it it really lived there. We built our brand um, Mm. electronically. But we wanted the office space to reflect our brand. So uh, we love pink and blue and (laughs) cheetahs and palms. So, yeah, so it's, it's very much a reflection and... For the clients that we have um, created their office space for, we do the same process. So it's very much about bringing their brand into physical form um, into their office through the furniture, through everything, through the plants, whatever it is that um, we are selecting for them. That's so cool. So Mm -hmm. you do everything from like logo design to websites to designing their office to... Yeah, everything. everything. And all of it comes from um, the the hard work that we make our clients do at the beginning, which is really understanding their essence of who they are, the impact that they want to make, um, their vision and their goals. All of that we wrap up and we pull out and turn into logos and fonts. And yeah, it's really, it's a beautiful process actually for the people who go through it. Yeah. So tell me, Actually, I've seen some of the companies that you've done branding for and Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing, but tell me a little bit, describe your brand as in who you are, and just a little bit. <laughs> so Culture Co., uh, the Co. is sort of slightly separate. We sort of say that she's a sub-brand of Culture Co., but um, the consultancy is 
she, we like to say that she, she's a she. <laughs> we like to say that she encourages us to step out of our comfort zone all of the time. She is bigger than we are. And so that is something for us to constantly be working towards. So she, from the moment mm. that we launched her, she has done her own thing. And people are like, we don't get that because it's just you. But we like to think that your brand can be separate of you. Of course, there will be aspects within you that are present. Yeah. But... It doesn't have to just be you. So is you your brand a, a vision? It, it's a vision, but it's also a feeling. And so when oh. we are doing the work of getting really clear with clients around who they are and their values and the impact they want to make, most of it revolves around how they want to feel when they are at work, how they want their clients to feel in their interactions, and how they want their staff to feel when they're present. I and never so, really thought about it as a feeling. Mm -hmm. but it's very much a feeling, yeah. right? Because, And yeah. that is the thing. Everyone has a culture. So we, we always say that it doesn't matter um, what business you're in, you have a culture. Even if you don't know it? Even if you don't know it. And so it exists no matter what. Hmm. The smart businesses, the ones who create deep sustainability and long-term success, I believe are the ones who define that, who are actively choosing those commitments every day. So, so it's part of your culture determined by your, your core values of who mm -hmm. you are as a person and then you mm -hmm. want to... So it can be you as a person, and we'll use you as an example as a coach. That's a personal brand. Mm. So that can, can more be rooted in who you are. But for instance, Coralie and I were a partnership, and so we're very different people. Oh, yeah. Although we have a lot of the same visioning, um, we're very different, and that was okay. So it was about understanding that the business can be separate of us, that's okay, and we have to operate within it. And so then when you're inviting people into that, if you're inviting staff members, um, you're expanding your team, you're growing... It isn't about you anymore. Right. It is about the business right. and how the business is going to show up. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's great work. So talking of your partnership with Coralie, we'll go back to your past a bit and how you got to where you were. But I'm intrigued um, as to how you two, obviously friends for a long time, but how mm -hmm. you came together in that creative space and came to the bit where you're going to start this business mm -hmm. together. So this... Uh, I, how can I tell that story without telling the whole story? So, oh, we can so, start at the beginning if you want. Okay, so maybe we'll start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so I, I feel like I really began my career as an entrepreneur. So I don't remember being a young person thinking I'm going to have a business when I grow up. I, I, I don't recall having those. I was very much always a leader when I was three, my mom called me bossy bum. Like oh, that was my name, okay. nickname. Um, I was always really forward, I think, with my ideas. But I'm not sure that I had anyone to look to that I didn't even know what being an entrepreneur really was, I think, when I was a child. Did, you so, did anyone at school inspire you? Or? No, not really. And I, I, to be honest, I can't remember. I, I remember when I was leaving um, the private school that I had been at in grade 10 and going to public school in grade 11, I remember saying they have entrepreneurship. That's something mm -hmm. I want to know more about. I just want to take that as a class. And so oh. I did take that as one of my electives along with leadership, which very much made sense um, for who I was at the time. 
And, but I still didn't think, I graduated thinking I was going to become a teacher. And interesting. Mm -hmm. So a leadership in that way of teaching. Okay. Yes. Because you didn't really know anything else. Because I I didn't really, yeah, I didn't have anyone in my life who was um, a great example of what an entrepreneur could be like. Mm -hmm. And there was no one in my family there, there, yeah, there was no real um, great examples of that. So I, I think I just loved the idea that I could come up with ideas within myself mm-hmm. and put those forward. So in even a from job a young capacity. age, you did that? Yes, I think even from a young age, I was never afraid to share my ideas. Right. So um, in high school, that, that obviously put me along the line of being heavily involved in, in all of the sort of the school activities and, and planning and all of that. But did you, even at that stage when you were young, because I know sometimes with young people, they can have some great ideas and they can go out there and try and put it in play, but then sometimes somebody then can just squash them down, which then can make them feel like they hold themselves back. But did your ideas like carry you? Did you get excited? Yeah. I... I think that um, my mother has always been a very strong proponent in my life of saying that um, you need to do what you feel called to do. And so that message was always given to me uh, growing up. And growing up, we... um, it was a pretty volatile situation. My father was not present and had a lot of his own mental health struggles. but he was the one um, in our limited capacity of a relationship at that point was so scared for me to even think that I would not just become a teacher or a nurse or something that is just a good job that you get a pension from. And for whatever reason, after I graduated, I took a year off of school. I needed to work to get money to pay for university. Mm -hmm. And in that year, I started volunteering. I started sitting on boards and, and doing all sorts of different things and really fell in love with event planning, oh, which I is see. very much completely different than being a teacher, obviously. Um, and my, my boyfriend at the time, uh, who I'd been dating in high school, he had gotten accepted to going to um, a university a few hours away from here and said, like, you should come with me. And I was like, well, I don't know what I want to be. Like, should I just go and be a teacher or Mm -hmm. I was really just sitting in that like unknown of like who I really was or maybe just not honoring the obvious um and so I met with a school counselor and they said well what are you passionate about they just had a conversation with me around that and they said we just launched this brand new program it's under the tourism management belt and it is event planning and we think you'd be perfect for this that. is fascinating because there's mm-hmm. a quite we've had quite similar experiences because I was feeling I remember feeling the same and not knowing what I wanted to do but knowing there was something more but not knowing quite what sh- you know what to do and I went to see a counselor and he was like what do you what you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what I want to do. Well, what excites you? I just want to travel. Right. Okay. And then within so, a few weeks, I was on a degree yes. doing tourism management. And that's so funny. Yeah. Curly also did tourism. That's did she? It's just, yeah, it's, that. I know it's so funny. Oh. <laughs> and maybe that's like the bucket that ends up, you know, just. But how good. But those counselors amazing. Were and, and also, I think maybe I had never had someone probe me yes. quite in that way to yes. drill down to understand maybe what was sort of sort of there but I wasn't really acknowledging so there's two pivotal things here one your mum being so supportive and encouraging to you to follow your heart's desire type Mm -hmm. thing and knowing she'll support you no matter what and believing in you yes 
And then that counsellor. Yes. By opening up your... Just providing an, an option that I hadn't even um, considered because at that time, actually, event planning was not a thing. Yeah, so know. it was... Now it is everywhere, and but at that time it was not mm-hmm. that way. So I decided to go for it, and mm-hmm. um, I was there for one year and ended up getting a really amazing opportunity um, actually in the States um, to do an internship, and they ended up hiring me. Wow. So I, I'm a total so a university year, drop-off. A year into your, what was your degree going to be in? the Tourism management. Tourism management. Yeah. So you did a year, and then that's yes. when that came up. Well, I had to do the practice, like I had to do the internship as part of my program for the hours, mm-hmm. uh, and they just ended up saying, we would love for you to stay. And so How I cool thought, is that? well, I don't, I can't, like I'm paying for university by myself, mm-hmm. so if I'm going to kind of land my dream job well yeah then you before can, finishing yeah. then the why not so um that was uh, fantastic I thoroughly enjoyed my time down there I got to travel um doing trade shows and all sorts of things for that company and then decided it was time to move home and okay. uh very uh quickly got a job actually really focused in on weddings which was not something that I had done in the past and okay. starting to build my own portfolio and um was sitting at my desk one Friday afternoon and got a call that there was a production company in town who was about to produce a reality television show featuring um, event planners and would I be interested in auditioning for it? Oh my it? god, how cool! Yeah, I was, I was like, where <laughs> is this coming so, from? Wow, like, the universe I, was just right, delivering things to you, That's exactly, hey? and so I said, oh sure, no problem, I'll, yeah. I was... I think 21 at the time really? like I was very young wow. I'm thinking this isn't gonna happen there are all these people who are very experienced that's cool uh well anyways long story short I ended up um obviously uh getting accepted onto that did show. you have to audition I did thing? yeah you have or to audition you have forward? to yeah and you had to um really talk about your family who you were all of you know the hardships that you've had in life um and I ended up winning that competition you did I did and um, received an internship in LA with one of the top celebrity wedding planners wow, cool. uh, Sharon wow. Sachs yeah oh that's so, cool. so I spent some time with her in LA and, you were young. and I was young wow. and she was amazing and just really sort of gave me all of the tools and confidence I think that I was probably lacking at that point okay so that became and, almost like a mentor mm-hmm, to you yeah she did? absolutely she was really fantastic and I came home and started my own business at that point. I was in like, Vancouver? Uh, in Vancouver, yeah, as a an wedding event planner. planner. It was events, so oh, okay. it was it was so all corporate, event. yeah, corporate. Um, always being um, a part of philanthropic efforts was important to me. So we did a lot of not for profit fundraisers okay. and things like that as well. Um, so how old were you when you started that? Um, I believe I was twenty two. Wow, maybe twenty one and a half. I'm not That's sure. That's incredible. It happened very quickly. Yeah. And so that business built very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was before there was social media. Oh, yeah. All you had was a website. You were hitting the pavement. Gosh, like you were remember networking. Those days? You were networking <laughs> your butt off. And this beautiful thing was created. And, and obviously now looking back, I realized that I was building culture within my business right from the get-go. I created um, a team. They were not my team, but a team of contractors, mm-hmm. of, oh, a designer, a caterer, of, of a rental um, company. All of these people who we would um, 
just cross-refer and we would mentor one another and we created this really beautiful cohesive unit. Not that it matters, but were they women too or mixture of men and women? No, men and women. Yeah. Yeah. No, my designer was a a man and uh, my caterer uh, was a man and a woman. So you all had your own own creative skills that came together. Yes. Oh, nice. And so I really feel like... the fact that I could bring them together, like I was the housing for that. You're right. Um, allowed us all to really thrive. That's within cool. That. So how long yeah, did you do that it for? Was, uh, six years. And what were some of the kind of maybe some of the highs of or some really mm-hmm. key events that you did that you're particularly proud of? Um, oh gosh, there was so many of them, but I think one of the most fun things that we did was um, there's. I I don't believe in having a lot of rules. And I think that probably Hmm. from the time that I was young, I would push the rules a little bit. Not that I was rebellious at all. I was actually not a rebellious person, but just I would question things, like the possibility of like, why? Okay, interesting. Why did you land there, you know? So naturally inquisitive. So naturally, yeah, and just curious about like, Not just accepting things for the way they were. Yeah, that we could go a little deeper. So, um... We had this very large wedding uh, over on Bowen Island in this beautiful, beautiful oceanfront home. And they really wanted to have um, the reception there. But because of the landscape and being on the side of a cliff, that's just, it was very tricky for that amount of people and the logistics (laughs) of getting all the guests there. And there was just, there was a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I just kept probing and I was like, I think we're just going to do this. So we, we actually just built a temporary deck off the side <laughs> of the cliff. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> just to make just it happen. Just to make it happen. Wow. And so that was really like such a team effort of all of us coming together to say, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a way. What would it take? You know? So I just... love that because behind that is that you had this belief in yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. that's very young to start your own company. <laughs> like incredible. But you believed you could do it, so you did. Did you have any I mean, doubt? Back oh then? my gosh, of course. I feel like, although to be honest, I feel like sometimes the older I got, probably the more doubt. Oh really? I had because I think the the stakes changed. Mm. You know, I and when you have a family, stuff at you and, yeah. When you have a family, you can't take the same amount of risks that you True. can when it's when you're young, and yeah. you know. I, I just I think I always knew and. Maybe this is from what my mom modeled throughout our childhood was that you can always land on your feet. Like you can that. always land on your feet. It, it, there's there's nothing that could really happen that you couldn't push through if you had to. And your mom taught you that? For sure. Just and did you see being, it within her or was that like a... Well, I think the journey that my father um, was on was just very, very traumatic and... and um, watching her navigate that as a child was obviously different and I can appreciate that perception a little bit differently now but so you witnessed um, it you experienced it you saw your mom I saw her figure it out right even though she had no family here and there's power in that and yeah of of knowing that you can be Mm self-reliant and you can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so like we would do everything just that like I have a younger brother as well, but um, 
you know, all the jobs that were typically like a husband's job or a man's job, we just did. Just did the two of us and we figured it out. That's powerful. And so I think that it was never something that was glaringly obvious to me. But as I got older, I think that foundation just lived in me to begin with. Going to that example of when you were doing that wedding and then you built that structure on the side of the cliff, like you just figured it out. Just figured it out. Right? Yeah. You didn't think, oh, we just can't do that. Right? You had the idea. Yeah, incredible. There's, there's a way through everything. You just have to be willing to push your own boundaries yes. of what is what you think. Like, at the end of the day, we put constraints around ourselves. No one else really does that. Mm-hmm. Even if we've been told things our entire life, yeah. it, it's really us who puts us in a box own, yeah, right? of what's true. possible. And so I always just felt like that's up to me to decide if I'm going to change that if I'm going to change that perspective Mm -hmm. then that's up to me to decide so I moved I sold the company because we moved to Chilliwack my husband is that what so that you'd you'd met someone you got married and then you moved out to Chilliwack we moved back which is where you were from which is where I was from and I knew that um, that was going to be where we would want to have children, um, close to my mom and my my good friends. And that was a decision you made. Yes. And so we, I, I was able to sell the business, which was amazing because I had a lot of um, annual clients mm-hmm. like nice. on my list. And so um, managed to, to pass that on to someone else, which was really beautiful. So my clients were cared for. And um, at that point, I just knew that I wasn't going to find anything in Chilliwack. Where Chilliwack, yeah, Chilliwack was at that point. Country, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was used to having um, anywhere from $250,000 budgets to $1 million budgets, wow. which is crazy, but not at all possible here. Mm. I, I knew that um, I needed to do something different. And so an opportunity came across from a friend. Um, to go into a national company um, as sort of a business administrator. And so I looked at it thinking it's not in an industry I know anything about, but I've ran my own business for so long. Mm -hmm. It's really just transferring those skills from one container into a different container. Again, you had this Um, belief in yourself that you could do it, mm -hmm. right? I guess so. What industry was that then? Uh, It was in like rehabilitation. So physical rehabilitation. So... I started off there as um, as one of the business units, as, as their business administrator, and uh, very quickly um, started what would evolve into the people and culture division. Uh. So I loved talking to people. I loved recruiting. I loved retention more than anything. And I quickly noticed, very quickly noticed, that there was a massive disconnect between who they said they were and how they were behaving. Interesting. And so I started, before the word culture was even a thing, I started to get into the nitty gritty of being like, no, you can't behave that way if you say this. This can't be your mission. And then you go against Did that. they listen? It, it, I was there for eight years. Okay. It felt like often I was pushing a boulder up a cliff. However, I can say that in those eight years, um, I oversaw all of BC um, at the end through so their people and culture. what position was that? What position did you through, move into? Uh, manager of people and culture. Manager of people and I culture. I created that division. They didn't have anyone. And well, clearly they listened. They'd be great at that yes, position. <laughs> and their head office was back east in Toronto. Right. And um, they eventually hired someone to develop 
uh, PNC throughout every province. And so... Just pause one there one second, because that's fascinating, that you correct that position and then they ended up rolling that out, mm-hmm. right? So what were some of the tangible results or differences that they saw in their business from listening to you and then making any changes or mm-hmm. that you suggested? What did they... Well, you end up making a lot more money because people money. don't realize that when you have turnover uh, in your business, that costs a tremendous amount of money. So um, hiring people, like having to recruit and yeah. hire vacancies are really, yeah, really, sure. they cost you a lot because that it's sitting open. That position is sitting open. And so they cannot fill that person with the work that they could be putting out is lost revenue. Mm-hmm. So I would go in um, often to the bottom five performing um, clinics each year mm-hmm. and help them restructure around mm-hmm. culture and their team. Um, I did a lot of strength-based leadership work and so um, got each of the team members to really understand their strengths and what they brought to the table and maybe how their position is not utilizing their natural talents. And so we did a lot of restructuring uh, in that time. And then you would see the business units go like this. And then the big guys listened, hey? They did and they didn't. At one point, (laughs) I had organized a leadership retreat for our 45 managers and uh, our CEO flew out from head office and I had just spent all morning getting them through this beautiful exercise of like understanding more of who they are and um, he stood up directly after me to give his presentation and said everything that Nikki just said really isn't relevant oh (laughs) great (laughs) and actually our people are not our biggest asset it's our (gasps) systems our systems are our biggest asset. and he said that in front of all the people all the people wow and so I had a very honest conversation with him after that and said you can't do that he'd lost respect I'm sure by from right yeah um and so I wasn't there for much longer (laughs) (laughs) but I love it because you you stood your ground though I I did stand my ground because I just was so passionately uh disagreeing with his perspective and and not that my perspective is the only one but for someone to stand up there and be a leader of a, a very large national organization and just disregard someone that to well, me is just poor leadership there must be something behind that like did it was it like that like the little man syndrome you feel like you're being maybe. threatened maybe and you've yeah, got to put perhaps. people back in their place that i'm the boss or yeah. whatever right like, and it know. and it probably felt dis like he probably felt uncomfortable maybe with the fact that i was putting ownership back yeah. on everyone and um, questioning about them. how they're showing up right right so, yeah i didn't like that Yeah, so it's the journey to understand that really at the end of the day, I just love culture. I love Mm. the connection between leaders saying what they're going to do and actually doing what they say. Why do you love that connection? Because I believe, honestly, I believe that that connection and the stronger that we can get in that is where we shift the world and we shift it away from greed and not to say that money is not important because mm-hmm. we very much are, are cognizant of mm-hmm. that with all of our clients, but that it can be rooted in integrity and not just in greed. So is it that shift in particular that excites you? Hugely. Yeah. That, is and that te- the thing? And teaching 
teaching people that they have the power to make that shift. So you like empowering people. I do love it. Like, so people. say if you've got your clients and you, you come in and help them with their culture and then their business grows, mm-hmm. they make more money. That's one bit. But is it the real crutch of what you love to do mm-hmm. is just empowering people? I think it's empowering them, but it's also... Um, getting them to understand the impact of their own potential. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that even when it's hard, even when it's easier to do the easy thing, if you can lean into those values, if you can lean into your why, mm-hmm. your potential as a human being is exp- exponentially grown. And have you seen kind of light bulb moments with your clients when they've mm-hmm. kind of leaned into that and realized mm-hmm. their own potential? Have you? Seen- I think that, and it's a journey that is different for every single person, and and it's a journey I'm still on. It's a, I think it's a lifelong journey yeah, to be quite honest. Morning. But it's pretty beautiful when people choose the right thing instead of the easy thing, right? Because they know that that is honoring who they are. Wow. And so it's. I think that the world shifts if we show up like that. That's a good point. I love this. You're right, because everything that we do or say or act out has an impact. It's a ripple effect. And and the difference it can make. The difference it can make. Wow. And so all of us are going to have different values. It's not about being the same. In fact, I actually, that is something that drives me nuts is, is group think and not creating safety in your teams to have different opinions because different opinions are not are not bad we weaponize our opinions and especially right now with everything that's going on in the world it's it is so easy to make it about black and white right but um, human beings are not black and white we are so layered and complex and if we allow that to exist um, and work is an amazing container to do that, everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins because it's no longer about, well, Katie's idea was better than my idea. Yeah. It's yeah. about just the best idea. Yeah, and bringing it together. And, and bringing yeah. it together and working actually collaboratively wow. to achieve something. Wow. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. It's even hard for me because you can get stuck in like, oh, well, my feelings are hurt or... How do you bring you know, yourself out of that then? If you're in a situation where all oh, my I, feelings are I hurt. think that I've seen it done enough times that I can lean into knowing and trusting that process. So I started going to therapy very, very early on yeah. in my life. Because of like because your, of family, your dad my trauma. Stuff. Yeah, because of my trauma. Um, and so... I know what that journey looks like of it's really hard. It's really hard. It's painful Mm. to bring this all up. And then all of a sudden you break through and it's clear on the other side. That's And you know that this is just now something that you can work with. So when you go to therapy and it's hard and sometimes people don't want to do it because you don't want to bring it to the forefront. But then you mentioned breaking through. Mm -hmm. What is breaking through when you accept it acknowledge it I think it's an awareness I think it starts always with awareness right so when we're aware like even with a mindset Mm -hmm. so if we are just knowing that we might be thinking that way Mm -hmm. just being able to identify that is the first step in being able to shift it 
if we're if we are unconscious about that then we are unconsciously moving through Mm -hmm. the world whereas it's the moment that you're gifted that awareness and the moment that you're willing to even understand that awareness is really it just unravels from there and then it when you push through that things mm-hmm. become clearer things and you can move on and you can move on and you integrate right yeah. it's like you can be like okay i'm going to take that aspect of it and i'm going to leave that one behind i'm ready to move on from that mm-hmm. but this i learned something so valuable so i'm going to keep that close to me so it's not that it's all bad things and it's not that you are offloading all of the things mm-hmm. i i feel like i have learned more from the hardships in my life than I have um, through the blessings yeah. and the celebrations, right? I, I mine those for gold and then I integrate them into my work and into how I show up. Yeah. And by all means, I'm not perfect in any aspect, but it becomes a part of me. So what type of therapy, just quickly, what type of therapy oh, are I've you talking about? I know you've done all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I love but like, are you talking? Um, um, are you talking like, uh, seeing a counselor or a yeah. psychiatrist so or I've what kind seen of... a counselor I've seen a psychiatrist I have um, done hypnotherapy mm. I have done traditional therapy obviously I have done like Enneagram stuff Ooh. I love personality tests that's you know like I, I think that we can um, mine for really understanding who we are in anything you can look at your horoscope and take pieces of that. And you still kind of in that process of understanding yourself and learning from yourself, mm-hmm. still open to different forms of all the things, all the things. <laughs> I, I, I pray that I am never closed off okay. to really anything right. because I think if we approach anything with an attitude that even if I just took one thing from this, wow. think of that's how a growth mindset, right? right? Isn't Think it, of how right? much you'd learn. Yeah. I just need to pull one thing. Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to take nothing away from this. Well, then that's settled, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, any particular types of therapy, any ones that really stand out that have been quite um, life-changing or transformational? Um, I, I do love hypnotherapy, to be quite honest, because I feel like it, on a cellular level, it shifts um, things that are just very, very that you can't necessarily touch cognitively. Mm-hmm. I also love um, cranial sacral therapy. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm going yeah, to look into that. So, <laughs> it's so beautiful. But again, you have to be very open. And I try to lead my life with the fact that I am open to anything. Right. And that um, I will garner whatever I need to garner from something, from an experience. And so I've uh, cranial sacral therapy has been a part of my my. Uh, regime for wow. is that quite so many the times. saging and that no kind of, no no, no it that's is different. it's completely know. silent and it, it it uses your body's energy to help um heal oh i might have to so, do some research yeah. on that yeah, but it's, it's interesting that you like the hypnotherapy because i do love the hypnotherapy i'm um enjoying learning about that mm-hmm. at the moment so yeah. i'm fascinated by all this and it's good to hear from people that have experienced it and and experience shifts from it and stuff yes so. And I mean, I think that, you know, people will be like, oh, it's a placebo effect. It doesn't really matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. Mm. The goal is greater inner awareness. Mm-hmm. Well, you that, can get yeah. that. However, yeah. if, if going for a run achieves that for you, mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing. Meditate, you know, whatever, meditate. Right? It, it actually like the, the, we get so stuck on like, oh, well, I got to do this or I got to mm-hmm. do that. It, that, that's not the point. The point is that you're open and willing to have these things come to you. 
Yes. You could be driving down the street. That's often I get my downloads when I'm driving. Right. You know, so. Just by yourself. Just by just, myself. Yeah. yeah, in my own quiet mind. So there's been some quite instrumental things, right? From your mom to that mentor, from that counselor to the mentor, and then starting your own mm -hmm. business and then joining that company and getting involved in the culture and stuff. So now, when you, so when that, the boss, the CEO came on the mm -hmm. stage and then you weren't working there for much longer, what was the next part? So um, here's the thing. I, I would be lying to you if I told you that I always had this confidence within myself because that's just not true. After I gave up my business and we moved here, I had this niggling um, voice still always asking me to do it on your own again. Like oh, okay. I, and it's not that I'm not built to work for other people, but often because my goal is to go a little further every time, um, it's hard to work for other people. Right. I would be standing doing dishes with little babies all around my feet <laughs> thinking I'm not honoring who I am. Really? A lot. A lot. And you felt for years, that? For years. I felt the heaviness of that. Was it a feeling, a heaviness? I, absolutely. And I was terrified. Like I you thought, weren't living your purpose. I wasn't, I wasn't stepping into my own potential. That, right. That I had spent a good chunk of my career asking other people to step into theirs. Yes. And here I was with little kids, really, really not able to do that because yeah. it scared me. It scared me to lose my salary and my corporate job and, you know, this career that I've built. It terrified me, to be yeah. quite honest. And so for a lot of years, I was looking for something and I launched and failed a couple of different things. Mm -hmm. Like it... It was not all like mm. roses by any means. I was trying to find my way into how I can show up and really understand um, what I'm meant to do and how I'm meant to serve mm -hmm. people. And I struggled with that for a long, a lot of years when I my think kids were little. A lot of people do, and this yeah. is so. I'm so glad you've touched on this because as women, you know, we can have careers and stuff like that. And then we have children, which is wonderful, and we are obviously very you know, these mums that give ourselves to our children, but we've still got that part of us that mm -hmm. needs to do something else other than being a mum and a wife, right? I think when my, my oldest, who is now 11 and a half, um, when he was about six weeks old, uh, I must have been in some sort of like postpartum haze, to be honest, oh. like now looking back. Um, I don't even remember what the program was, but something came on the television and... Um, the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. Okay, I like Came that. up. And it, I like had a little bit of a mini breakdown. Oh. I all means... of a sudden was like, I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm, I'm not doing that. I have things to say and to teach that are going nowhere. Right. And... I had to sit with that for many, many years before I could really understand what that looked like for me. Um, and you were being and I felt too, like right? I was failing. Really? I felt like I was failing all the time. I felt like I was failing my kids. I felt like I was failing myself. <gasps> Why do we do this I to ourselves? I, I don't know. It's and so it, common. I hear it is with my clients. It's this similar thing that comes through. Yeah, it was hard. It was when they were little and you know, we have three kids now and that is a lot. Mm -hmm. Kids are a lot. 
Um, But I also recognized quite early that it was okay that I needed to have something bigger than just my children. And it's hard to say that out loud. I love them dearly, but it's not my only job on this earth to be their yes, mother and that's okay and that's okay and if that. it's and if it is your job that's fine to be, too. that's fine yeah. too yeah yeah but I needed to honor that within myself I think to be able to start taking the next steps and how did you get gosh Katie I wish <laughs> I had like a moment where I was like I'm fucking doing this sorry my love <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um I don't remember but this had been oh, just sitting on me, sitting on me. And it would take my breath away sometimes, the heaviness of the fact that I was not doing it. Uh, for probably probably three years. Wow. Where I knew that I could make a bigger impact if I was out on my own and not just working for one person. Okay. I didn't know what that looked like at all. And you mentioned you tried a couple of things, launched yeah. a couple of things, but didn't... Didn't, no. Nope. No. So, like, I started a blog. Oh, okay. I, um, a couple blogs, actually. I tried to start a lifestyle uh, media company with my sister-in-law. No. Uh, I, I, I launched an event, a conference in Vancouver called the Fearless Freedom Summit. Oh, that, um, that sounds cool. <laughs> it was. Uh, but I, I did it. <laughs> the timing was off because I had just had my daughter. She was not even three months old. Wow. And so I hadn't planned that very appropriately. So I just couldn't <laughs> give it. Yeah. Sometimes my ambition does not match the reality of time. Like, I still suffer from that now. <laughs> uh, so... That did not do, it did not have the impact that I, I wanted it to have. However, now looking back many years later, um, people will still say to me, well, I met this person and look at what we've done together because of that event. Oh, wow. So, so I, like the ripple effect it, Yes, that. is, you know, I like to sit in that sometimes when yeah. I, when I want to write it off as a, as a failure, but there's not really any failures. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no failure. There's learning opportunities and that's really it. But I, I tried a couple of all these things and I, nothing could, it just couldn't. It couldn't get there. And I must have had a connect with myself one day, like a hard, you know, hard talk to just say, like, why are you skimming over the obvious? Why are you trying to create something completely different than what you've just built? As in the obvious of the culture. Of of the culture, of my deep desire to create psychological safety for people. And then how did that, how did you come together with Coralie with that? Well, she'll tell you, if you interview her, she'll tell you the funny story of how um, we met at a PAC meeting. My child was not in the school yet, but I decided to go because I was a, um, uh, what's it called? Like a, I was a past student. Oh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Alumni. Yeah, thank you. Alumni. (laughs) I was an alumni of the school and my kid was in preschool. So I thought, hey, I've got all this event planning experience and I'm bossy. So I might as well go and sit around (laughs) the table. And I told myself before I went in, I'm just going to sit and observe. And of Uh, course, I can't. It's like, it's not possible for me. So I was asking questions. And anyways, I guess Coralie saw me and was like, I need to be her friend. And so she followed me out in the parking lot and we just had an instant connection, to be honest. Yeah. It was one of those, um, one of those things where our, our paths have had so many parallels 
but we hadn't met until that moment. Oh, okay. And at the time, I was working um, as a director of operations in another business, and I asked her um, if she would just do some part-time work for us. And we just loved working together right. and got into such an amazing groove. And her strengths are not my strengths, and my strengths are not her strengths, and just have a deep respect for one another. Um, so you had a friendship, and mm-hmm. then you worked together and saw how... And I just like, had this idea brewing, and I was like, how am I going to get it there? And I think what clicked for me, which then it cascaded very quickly, was that A, I didn't want it to be about me. Right. I didn't... That is not... Even though I am bossy and have no problem sharing my opinions, I actually hate things being about me. I would prefer to sit in the position of being of service in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I couldn't, it couldn't just be about me. Mm-hmm. And my event planning business was really just about me. And, yep. and that often made me uncomfortable. And so I knew I needed okay. other people to be a part of it. And at the beginning of when this idea was really starting to like knock me over the head, like I can't ignore it anymore. Um it clicked for me that I couldn't just let it be about culture and people because what businesses were missing was it coming back around to telling people about that. So it had to include branding. Right. It had to be that we do the work together. We get clear on our values. We define how we're going to show up. Then we infuse that. We rally our people around that idea and then we tell the world. And that is how profitability and sustainability and longevity mm-hmm. are created. And Coralie brought into that whole concept. And- well, and, and she has a marketing. She has a tourism marketing. It, it's right. just, you know, she had all these parallels. She had had other small businesses. And so um, I knew at the time she was doing interior design. So I also knew that I wanted office, like the reflection of office, to be a significant part of it. Um and it just kind of went from there. And then did and you start um, off doing stuff kind of part-time while oh, you yeah. were still working? Oh, we were hustling. Yeah. The hustle was real at the beginning. The hustle still real, to be quite honest, um, because we're only three and a half years in. But it, we basically did it off the side of our desks. I was still a director of operations. I still had three children. I still wow. had all the things. But I knew, I knew in my gut that this was it. I was like, this has to happen. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't think Chilliwack was ready for it. I I remember us saying, I'm not sure we'll have any clients in Chilliwack. And I thought we would have at least a year to build out the foundational aspects, Mm -hmm. like our education and um, groups and things like that. I thought we were going to Mm -hmm. develop that piece of it before we would ever get any clients. We had our first client five days after we launched. Five days five afterwards? Days. Wow, congrats. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and <laughs> honestly, from there, it just went like this. So you knew you weren't a good thing then? We knew that people were ready for it. And even right. if they even if they don't know they're ready for it, because often people still now are like, oh, you're a branding and marketing company. And it's like, okay, mm. you can, that's what you can think. That's Because e- that's easy. People understand yes, what that true. is. Yeah. Um, but then when we get them to do all of the things... Yeah behind the scenes they're like oh this is hard we had one client tell us that if they hadn't just paid us a very large deposit they would have fired us because it was too (laughs) hard hard. to really it's hard to push through and it it is hard to do the work but but i bet they're glad when they do and the work is what makes the difference always with anything 
right? It's the work. So when you were both working, you were doing other things, other mm-hmm. jobs, Crowley too, and then um, with both three kids and working hard. Yeah. Yes, you got clients early on, but how long did you have to hustle hard whilst doing your jobs? So we decided in early 2020 that that was it. We were going to give notice. Um, she was not going to take on, I was going to give notice and she was not going to take on any more clients. Uh, that was in January. Mm-hmm. And so I began the uh, very challenging task of, of um, trying to find a replacement and do all of those things for my position. And just as we were sort of ready to go, the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. That's so darn COVID. Darn COVID. So to be honest, I was panicking. I thought, I am leaving my salary. Yeah, that's a- I don't know what is going to happen. I Am I going to have clients? Are all of our clients going to pull their contracts because we just didn't know what was going to happen? Because I don't know what's going to happen. So we had finished at the end of February um, and then COVID hit in March. And it was a lot of, are we going to be okay? Can I feed my children? And we are not in the position where I don't get to contribute Mm -hmm. financially. So how did um, you both push through that and keep going and not give up in that moment I'm not sure really what what it was that really made us continue to go but we knew I think we deeply knew that it was going to be okay and at that point when it first happened all we wanted to do was help we wanted to help businesses pivot and so there were things that we would do for free to just help them. But that businesses pivoting came at the right time for all these businesses that needed to pivot and probably didn't know how and they, they needed didn't, They were st- overwhelmed. They were trying to get online. Like these are all skill sets that we have. And Do you so, think in that, that COVID was a blessing somewhat in terms of your business or you? I mean, I think in some aspects it was because people needed uh, an outside person to help get them through it. And we were ready to be that person and Mm -hmm. I think all of our experience and everything uh, where both of our journeys had taken us um, really prepared us to be having those conversations even though we had absolutely no idea what was going on with the pandemic Mm. I think because we have the attitude that we are going to figure this out which we bring to our clients every day it was just one of those moments again it was just an opportunity to figure it out and so we had to just get creative we worked for free. Yes. Yeah, so or we you, said to people, so, pay us later when right. this like gets figured out. It's okay. So you were flexible and you did that in the beginning. And has that paid off because people uh, built up sure. a trust with you? And, and and we wanted to invest in our community, you know, like that and was really that paid important. Off? Oh, massively, massively. So it, I mean, COVID also oper- you know, opened up opportunities um, for grant monies to come later, mm-hmm. um, which... We were very lucky, and because of the work, I think, that the foundation we laid early on in the pandemic, we were um, asked to be a part of those opportunities. And, and so, so do you think that's because people saw you helping and doing what I, you were doing? To I'd help? like to think so. And, I mean, I think that our work shows up well in the community as well. And right. um, we have way more clients here than I think we ever thought we would, which wow. is so, it's a blessing to be able to grow your own community. Um so I think because the work speaks for itself often, um, yes, for we sure. get a lot of referrals that way, right? Yeah. So because you drive around town, you can see the logos and stuff that you've. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So what is your well? What's what's your vision for where this is going to go? 
you mentioned she she's oh <laughs> uh, she's she's got her own momentum going I think you know Corley and I laugh that we say we want world domination but that's what does world domination I mean, look world like? domination <laughs> is we get excited and energized about the idea of um, bringing these concepts to people so we love to educate. We have spent a lot of the past year um, deeply educating the community and other communities to help them understand these concepts and ideas. Um, we love to share our information. We love to host. We love to create containers of people coming together, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's online or whether that's physical, um, where people can collaborate. You know, we often say that our favorite thing when we are at work in the mm -hmm. office is um, watching people connect and we have nothing to do with it. Oh, really? We've created this container to share and then they're collaborating together and they're assisting each other. And we think that that's just so, so beautiful. It has nothing to do with us uh, except for what the physical container has created. Interesting. So I think that um, we will continue to just grow that and do more of that and... Um, we have all sorts of ideas and it's like, I don't know where that will take us. It's so hard to know, you know, and, and we're busy with client work. So right. that often, you know, when we talk about um, parenting and having kids and, and wanting to do this, it's a full-time job for both of us, plus some, plus we have our families and all of the things that come along yep. with that. So sometimes it is about time limitations and yes, how much you can physically course. do in one day. You know, I remember, I think it was, was it Oprah who said that we all have the same 24 hours? Yeah. I can't remember if that was her or if it was someone else. But anyways, Use I was like, no, wisely. that's not true. Like, really? I, I don't think so. I'm like, uh, someone who doesn't have children has a different 24 oh, hours than I true. have. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not that I love that. I love that opportunity. And we certainly do have the same 24 hours. But what we have to pack into it is very different. So with regards to family and talking about children, how do you, do you believe in a work-life balance? Is it possible? Do you feel like you've got that? Are you striving to get that? I mean, I... Balance is, I think, a word that came about and hasn't been great for moms because <laughs> I don't think it's really attainable all the time. Mm, all I the think, time. yeah, I think that there are moments where I have to push and I have to dig in and I know that that is going to benefit my family in the end, but that's not balance. Yeah. Something is falling off. Yeah. Cooking, and that's okay. cleaning, Cooking, cleaning, cleaning like whatever. the things that, you know, really don't matter. Uh, we're having pizza and craft dinner again. That's sometimes that is what yeah. it is because of my commitment to showing up in this space um, with our clients. So I, I don't know if balance is really achievable. I think that there are moments we have, we believe and one of our core values is flexibility. And so okay. we will work when we're on vacation, but that's okay because we get to go away right. with our families. You know, uh, we will take time off during the day if needed, and then we'll work at night. Okay. And that flexibility that exists helps. to... So it coincides with the work. It, it flows, balance. right? It, and for us, that's, you know, the goal. Right. The goal is to be able to work alongside our families and to work remotely. Right. I mean, even though we have the physical space of the co, um, our goal was to create um, a business where if we want to go away for a month we can still work right and just work from so that's wherever. how you get a 
bit of balance for, for is us, just being yeah. able to work from home. And, and that yeah. looks different for every single yeah. person. Some people say, I just want to be able to drop my kids off at school every morning. Mm. And that, you know, is, is the most important thing for them. And so it's kind of about honoring how you want to show up as a mother right. Um, and showing up as a mother, like um, your kids, do they care if you're having pizza and craft dinner? No. No. How do you My make sure they're care. getting their needs met? We have a lot of conversations. I think we talk a lot. With your kids? I'm you also very, very open about why I'm creating this and okay. what motivates me and why this is important. And even though it takes me away from them, um, from the home sometimes, it's really important to me so you explain that to your children yeah and we celebrate the big okay, things good. together so they feel part of it i tell them they, they feel part of it because I, and i and i hope that they are learning from that yes. i hope that that is providing them the opportunity to go oh, okay well what do i want well you i'm know? sure your children of all children like we'll especially see. your daughter you know <laughs> so what, we'll see just what is your why then why are you doing this in a nutshell what's your Oh, Katie, in a nutshell. <laughs> a nutshell is tiny. Um, I think my biggest why has always been impact. That's That I believe why. my life can create a better impact than before I got here. And whatever capacity that looks like. So you like. want to leave a legacy of... It's a legacy, but not, it, it, you know, it's not like a flashy legacy. Yeah. It's not, it's not any of those things. It's like a deeply earthy legacy that it is up to each of us. It is our responsibility, actually, as to how we show up. And is that what keeps you going, having that within you, knowing that you want to create that impact mm -hmm. and that you feel it? That's what keeps you going? Because I'm sure it's not been easy. Yeah, I think it definitely is what keeps me going. I think knowing that every single human being, there is no one that this does not pertain to, every single human being has something that they can offer this world that will leave it better than how they found it. It is about finding that, honoring it, right, and then sharing it. There's no point in not sharing it. So that's pretty powerful and a great way to kind of come to an end of that. Would you have any advice for any women or anyone out there that might be wanting to start in business, mm. but maybe not sure what they want to do, or they have an idea, but maybe got some fear of actually going for it? Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice? I would say if you're fearful of it, if take baby steps, just start, start something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, I knew that this vision and, and the vision of what it will evolve into would eventually get here. But that's not how I could start. I needed to start in the security of knowing that I could take on a few clients, build it, and continue mm -hmm. to work because that's what my family needed. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't continue to not start. Right. My insides were like, you have to start. Like, I'm going to keep getting louder until you just take the first wow. step. And so I, I would just say that listen to your intuition. Like, oh, God, our intuition. We could spend a whole hour talking so about powerful, intuition. Hey? So powerful. And Coralie yeah. and I are pretty dialed in to our intuition, and yet we often don't listen to it. So it's 
And then we'll be like, of course that didn't work out. Mm. Or of course that, because we didn't listen. We didn't listen, even though we would, we'll have open conversations about it and sometimes still not choose our intuitive thoughts. And so we're, women are wired that way. I'm sure men are wired that way as well. But living in a female body, I know for sure that, um, listening to that, uh, is very easy to not do. Yeah. But listen to it as in follow your dreams and listen to your intuition of what it wants you to do. But also if you feel like something's not quite right, keep digging, keep digging and keep asking yourself the hard questions. Keep asking, keep going, going digger, deeper, 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 deeper until you land on it. And that's going to evolve as you evolve. But you can do that yourself. You can do that yourself. Well, I mean, I think a coach would probably be a really great place to start. I think that, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I I lean on other people all the time to sometimes help me see what's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, if you're willing, like the willingness is the first step always mm-hmm. to just be open to receiving something different. And then you'll start to think, I feel like things start just coming into your and then So when you do listen to your intuition, when you do open it up and when you do find something and then you start going for it and building it, yes, it's not tough, but are you glad you've done this? Oh my gosh. I actually couldn't even imagine. Like I am so grateful to the person who I was back then who said, okay, Good. it's time. So even though with the pandemic and it's not been no. easy and I know you go, you girls are incredible because you came in here and like literally painted this place yourself. We painted every square inch of this place <laughs> ourselves. Yes. So even with all that blood, sweat, tears and all that, you wouldn't change it. Never. For, never. And never. you've got this vision to make impact and mm-hmm. pretty cool. Hey? And it's just going to keep growing. And that is the thing is that, uh, just start and it will unfold for you. Just start. Just start. And Take that imperfect action. It doesn't have to be perfect, Oh my right? gosh, it will never be, be perfect. perfect. Actually, the idea of perfection is really just our own limiting yes. fear. It is not... Yeah, what is it, isn't it? What's it, perfect to you is not, different to someone else's. And yeah. I mean, I am a recovering perfectionist. And being a recovering in the, perfectionist. And being <laughs> in the event industry and being um, rooted in a lot of trauma, it's really easy to get stuck on perfectionism mm-hmm. and wanting everything to be within my control. How did you um, recover from that? Oh, that How was years you... of therapy, friends. Oh, that was, that was, okay. Yeah, a so... lot of like undoing how that's actually keeping me small. Do you take imperfect action now? All the time. You do? Yes. Because things around here look pretty damn perfect, but... Oh, they're not perfect. If you look real close, like... Our painting wasn't perfect up in that corner. (laughs) You know, so it's like you, and that's the thing. You don't notice. People will not notice. People will never notice. People actually won't even know half of the time what it was that you were intending. That's so, like, important to to note that, really, because your imperfections or you want to be perfect, the things that you get kind of hung up on, other people won't even notice. They won't yeah. notice, or they won't even those... know that that was there. I remember <laughs> a couple of times um, for some weddings with some brides that were maybe a little bit too engaged in Bride that process. Zillas. Yeah, a little too, <laughs> little too into it. Um, they would be upset because, I, and I mean, I would have a minute by minute production schedule. Wow. Like that is like I sometimes thirty seconds of like cue this, this is happening. Wow. Like it was intense. headsets, it was intense, and it was a thing. Um, 
and I would have to remind myself all the time, no guest knows what's actually supposed Mm. to be happening here. I am really the only one. So if one of those 30 second things doesn't happen in the exact time frame that it's supposed to, no one's going to know. No one's going to know. And so I think I just learned that that's okay. There are no perfect humans. We are all messy. And we all learn by mistakes. Absolutely. We have to. We have to. It's how we We learn. We have to learn by our mistakes. And if you hadn't taken action because you're worried about it not being perfect, this whole thing probably wouldn't exist. This whole company, right? You just took those steps and yeah, you're working at the same time, but you just started. And you have to know that you will always be fearful. That there's an element of of fear. It is part of us. To have that within us. And so it's not to eliminate your fear it is not to have no fear yeah, it's just to it is to exist with it with it and dance and with it st- and push exactly through it. and to still keep going anyways and so. on the other side of fear when you push through it right it's when the magic happens mm, eh? so much magic <laughs> all right so where can people find you if they're oh, interested yes. in what you've had to uh, say or interested to know more about culture co yeah co. so our website is cultureco.ca so mm-hmm. www.cultureco.ca uh, we also have the space, so that is the cospace.ca, and uh, we're very active on Instagram. So under uh, it's at underscore culture underscore co. Okay, and so. Instagram is your main. Instagram is our main, yeah, okay. our main, our main hub. So okay, well, yeah. thank you very much thank for this you. insightful. Oh I've goodness. really enjoyed this. For this, you, you know, so much we could talk about. I find it fascinating. So, so I really appreciate your time. Yeah, and thank you. I'm just going to stop the recording. Thank, thank you, everyone.